Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we've just gone through the first new moon in Cancer of summer. Cancer energy is all about the inner feelings, your emotions, your intuition, and learning how to lead with your innate ability to know, to see, to hear, and to feel. It is a time about being sensitive with yourself and others around you. If you only display the outer shell, how will others really know who you are? Showing your sensitivity isn't a weakness, it is a strength. The cancer season is a time of self-care, of nurturing your inner child, and allowing for the growth to open up. It's a time to find patience with yourself and to approach life with curiosity and growth. And as you find that patience, it's also a time to have fun. Look for the amusement in your life. Sit back and enjoy the season. Consciousness is shifting, and this is the rhythm of where we are right now. New phases, new ideas, growth, beautiful flowers coming forward. Summer is the time to develop that faith within you. And you know you can remove the darkness with your own light. And trust, just like the sun, you will rise each day, no matter where your path has taken you. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rites come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rites being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can add inspiration, amusement, and joy, exactly what we need for the summer energy. It can free you from the stress that is going on all around you. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person, ready to take charge of your life and let go of the stories running around inside of your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. 
Side effects, yes. You may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you're really meant to be. My Empowered Spirit programs can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, ways to raise your vibration, and ways to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Now is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how these programs can help you. In today's episode, I speak with Raven Digitalis all the way from Hawaii. You can hear all the birds around him in this interview. Raven is the author of The Empaths Oracle, The Everyday Empath, amongst other things. Empaths, what a great topic for this season we are in right now. Empaths are often misunderstood. We talk about the oracles, empaths, gift or curse, finding your power, self-care tools for the empath, the darker side, the shadows, and how to grow from that and how the oracles and the tarot can help you grow along your path. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, to center, and set an intention for where you are right now in this summer season. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, bring in the breath all the way up the body. And exhale, sending that breath all the way down. Grounding, centering. Inhaling, bringing the breath up the body as you call in your spirit. Feel your energy coming in all around you, affirming my spirit. Taking another deep inhale, and as you exhale, dropping into the heart, right in the center of your heart, feel that connection that you have with your spirit and the greater spirit, source, creator, God. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved as you open up to this energy all around you in this beautiful season. Taking another deep inhale and exhale as you feel all this energy right in the very center of your being. Taking a moment and imagining yourself standing in the direction of the south. The south where we take this time to step back, noticing the growth all around, opening up to that amusement and joy that lies within calling in the directions for guidance and protection to the south, the west, the north, and the east, above you, below you, right into the very center, call into your spirit. Noticing this intention that you want to bring forward. Feel those elevated emotions for these intentions and let those elevated emotions radiate out joy, the love, the light, the peace, the abundance radiating from your heart all around you. Taking another deep inhale, 
and exhale, pulling your energy all the way down, centering. As you start to bring your awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back. So my guest today, Raven Digitalis, is the author of The Empath's Oracle, The Everyday Empath, Esoteric Empathy, Shadow Magic Compendulum, Planetary Spells and Rituals, and Goth Craft, all from Lewin Worldwide Publications. Trained in Georgian witchcraft, Raven has been an earth-based practitioner since 1999, a priest since 2003, a Freemason since 2012, and an empath all of his life. He holds a degree in cultural anthropology from the University of Montana, co-operated not-for-profit Pagan Temple for 16 years, and he's also a professional tarot reader, DJ, card-carrying magician, and animal rights advocate. So let us step into this surreal beauty of spiritual beauty, radiant colors, and affirming emotions with Raven, and welcome him to the show. Welcome, Raven. Hello. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, I guess I should say aloha, Raven. Aloha. Yes, coming from Kauai. Very nice. Very beautiful place to be, for sure. Five hours behind you over here. Yes, my daughter was there, so I was constantly having to deal with that. So I thought I would begin just kind of asking you a little bit of your history, your backstory, like what led you to the work that you do with spirituality, healthcare, empathic energy? What led you there? Well, in high school, I didn't really know where to turn. I was researching and involving myself in different religions and spiritual practices and eventually found my way into Buddhist studies in college and That was my first exposure to Eastern spirituality, but I got first exposed to Wicca and neo-paganism in high school from a friend, and my studies just began from there, and eventually I was led to begin writing and offering my perspectives and researches to the world, and I did that at the same time as co-operating raised in Missoula and did that for 16 years before moving out here. Nice. Multicultural. All faiths, all beliefs, or was it more geared towards paganism or? Mostly geared toward paganism, but definitely welcoming for everyone. We would do also celebrate a lot of Hindu festivals. Hmm. So my priestess and I would be the pujaris for certain festivals like Shivaratri, uh, Ganesh Utsav, the goddess holidays, uh, many different things. I love that. Yeah. And that's just the beautiful part of spirituality, right? It just is so open because it brings you in to source energy and we're all one. I love that. Yeah. Right. And I think if it's approached respectfully, then there's no problem. And, you know, if I'm going to celebrate the day of the dead, I'm going to talk to my Mexican friends about that and how I can observe that appropriately. And when I'm celebrating Hindu holidays or African holidays, I'll talk to people who are very familiar and involved in those cultures so that I can 
you know, observe with uh, respect. And I think that's the way to, to do it. And, and what a blessing it is to be able to contact people immediately, instantly, this day and age. It's just incredible all across the world. It is incredible. Do you celebrate the Wiesak moon? Was that part of your, your rituals last night? Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that to me is so beautiful. And it kind of expresses what you're saying, too, because all that energy coming out of the Himalayans and being able to tap into it under the same moon. Right. It just brings everything together and learning about what that is all about for all cultures. Really, I can totally understand and really appreciate it myself. And I think that's kind of where I am, too. Spirituality more so than religious. And there is a need for that population. Most definitely. Yeah. And the, the moon and sun and the planets, they're here for everyone, just like the gods and goddesses and spirit guides are here for everyone. There's, there are no limits. And as long as we're doing it the best we can and most respectfully we can, then that's all we can do. I agree. I totally agree. So what about the healthcare part of your work? Where does that come in? Well, you know, back in Missoula, I worked with six developmentally disabled adult males in a group home for 12 years. And now I do one-on-one work here in Kauai with individuals with different uh, healthcare needs, be it mental health, uh, physical health, or a combination of the two. So at the end of the day, I'm here to serve and help others. And that's what it's all about. And being able to pay my bills as a result of that is mutually beneficial. So it all works out well in the end. Yeah, it does. And I'm in the healing arts myself. So I totally can, you know, appreciate all of that and how it helps me. And as I help me, I can help others and build that for everybody for the health and wellness of our planet and raise consciousness. That's definitely one of my missions for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So your latest creative project is exploring the impasse Oracle. What led you to this? Oh yeah. Book lucky number seven. (laughs) Um, well, it's my first deck of Oracle cards and that's the mini book that accompanies it. The one that you just mentioned and the empaths Oracle, uh, just came to me one day. It, it said, I need to be created. And that's kind of how it works artistically for so many people. And that reminds me of my favorite empathic muse, Tori Amos. She talks a lot about how different spirits and muses will come to her and communicate what needs to be expressed into physical form. And for her, it's through song. And for me, it's through writing for Constantine Bax, who's the artist for this deck. It's through his art, which is all acrylic and hand painted, gorgeous, psychedelic, abstract art. And I met him online less than a year ago. And this deck just naturally came together. It all synchronized and Llewellyn Publications loved it. And now it's on the shelves. I can't believe it. It's beautiful. The whole packaging, the box, the book, the cards, they are, they're truly beautiful. The colors are really beautiful. They're very expressive. Yeah. So how did you like, how did you start? how did you get going? I've created a tarot deck. So I kind of understand with the tarot deck, you have your format. How did you do the Oracle deck? Well, basically I uh, came up with or channeled the 40 cards the titles that wanted to be expressed. And then, and this was after I contacted Constantine, who lives in Germany, and he was all about doing the project right away. He, he had always wanted his art 
expressed through cards and he felt like this was a perfect project. And it just turned out that a lot of his pieces matched perfectly with the intention of the card titles that I set out. And he did some original pieces for the deck also. So every card has either a face or a silhouette on the cards, on the faces. So, yeah. and that that's so that we can empathize. We can, we can empathically see ourselves in those cards. So when we're gaining insight from them, there's a hint of humanity in there. So it's not completely abstract. It's uh, we are in reflected in the cards. A hint of humanity in it. I love that. And I love the one I turned over actually turned two, but I'm looking at this one manifesting the future. Yeah. What a beautiful message for that. Exactly where I am right yeah. now. Yeah. So this, so the empaths Oracle is actually the third part of my empathy trilogy on Llewellyn. The first one was called uh, esoteric empathy, and that's more for a pagan or occult audience. And that book took me about six years to totally write and get, get just perfect. And one day at a psychic fair, because I do professional tarot readings, I uh, traded a reading with a no tools psychic. And I said, and this is when I was working on esoteric empathy. I said, so how is this book going to be received? Am I doing it? Am I doing it right? And, and she says, she's like, oh, honey, it's going to be a trilogy. And I said, sister, please, it ain't going to be no trilogy. And <laughs> like, I put everything possible into this esoteric empathy, empathy book that I can think of. And she's like, nope, it's going to be a trilogy. And then sure enough, Llewellyn wanted a, a book that was more empathy for everyone. So that's where the everyday empath came in. And I'm pleased that that book has gotten translated into Spanish and audiobook and CD also. And then sure enough, the empath's oracle came to me and that completes the trilogy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So what are some of the main messages or what is one of your favorite messages? Talk a little bit about that and how you brought those forward. I was certain to put the first card as establishing emotional boundaries because for empaths, that's the number one thing. And everybody's an empath. Everybody's a psychic. Everyone's a medium, just to different degrees. You know, that's just, we're all human. We all have these abilities to different degrees. And for those who identify as empaths, that's one of the most important lessons, especially to learn early on and how, how to work with that, how to handle that. Where does my energy begin? Where does, or where does mine end? Where does somebody else's begin? And, and how do we establish those boundaries? So there are different uh, tools and tips throughout the book that discuss, just like in the previous books, discuss different ways that we can establish those boundaries or gain self-empowerment and see empathy as a gift rather than a curse because it can be so overwhelming, of course, and every empathic person knows that. And it's about finding our power so that we can be empowered ourselves and help others in the process because we are natural healers. You know, We really are. And I think sometimes empaths get a bad rap, but I think the thing that you're pointing out and I work with empaths, I help them distinguish empathic intuitive because there is a nice way to do that. And boundaries definitely is really important and knowing how you process your energy and what you're taking on. So I can totally understand that. But I feel that, you know, once people start learning about their empathic nature, and we've talked about a lot on the show, that then you can turn it into a real power. But when you're not aware of it and we don't realize where all this energy is coming in, that's where it can be the drain. And that's where it can be hard to be an empath. 
but there's so many ways to work through it. And I think that your deck really helps us to look at that. Oh, thank you. Right. So we have this beautiful image and it gives you the colors and it gives you a way to go in to the right side of the brain, not having to always do with everything on the logic. Right. And then if I look at the book, which is actually printed in color and it's just really beautiful, it gives you themes. It gives you imagery. It gives you deeper meanings. It gives you suggestions for action, which I really like. Oh, thank you. Right. It gives you ways to step forward into the energy. I think that's a really great way to really work with the cards. Yeah. I love the structure of it. And that was something that, uh, my acquisitions editor uh, suggested was that structure of giving suggestions of action, analyzing each card, the each piece, uh, you know, how, how the artist saw each piece and how I might interpret each piece. But for everyone, it's going to be different every time you draw a card. It'll have a slightly different meaning. And that's really what differs oracles from tarot, I think, is that, well, Tarot can change meaning based on uh, surrounding cards or questions that are asked. But with the Oracle cards, you can pull one, two or three cards and you'll know what they're referring to intuitively in life. And so sometimes that message is a, a little bit different each time. Yeah, I think it happens that way, too, with the tarot. It's always different. I mean, sometimes we'll get the same cards and there is that, you know, that format that always comes through. But. I think it is, you know, intuitively can be very different each time. Do you offer a spread? I was trying to see in the book. Do you offer like your particular spread? Do you suggest picking a card a day? How do you suggest the, the user work with them? I suggest a card a day or a card when whenever intuition guides. And one thing that I say in the introduction is uh, please don't pull more than three cards at a time, either for yourself or for a client. And that's because the message can become diluted if there are too many cards pulled because they are very specific. And I think we can really understand what each card is saying more deeply if we limit the amount of cards that we do. So I don't actually offer a spread, but rather leave it up to the reader. And I also suggest that for people who do uh, tarot, that they incorporate that deck, the Empaths Oracle deck into their tarot. So maybe their client will draw one, one, two or three cards from the Empaths Oracle before or after their official tarot reading, which of course will have a large spread. I, I like that. I, I think that sometimes, and I kind of look at this that way too, like sometimes with the oracles, because I've always read the tarot, but then there was a while where I was just really kind of working with the oracles. And, and I found that it was harder to make the story when you had too many of the oracle cards versus the tarot. I found like because of the way the tarot is and the elements and the suits and all that it wove that story a little easier. So I kind of do that too, where it's like, if I'm going to use the oracles today, then I just kind of do draw one. So I kind of agree with that. And there is a lot, and especially with the actions and all that you give in the book, there is a lot to think about. And the more cards you draw, the longer it's going to take yeah. you to look at it, right? It's like you have to have that time to sit still. And I think sometimes we can be too fast. Just give me a card and off you go, right? But yeah, part of the process is going in. And then for those of us on the run, when we have those days that we all know that we have to get up and go and get, get stuff done and leave the house, um, I suggest, you know, click a picture with your phone of the card that you pulled. And then you can refer back to that throughout the day. Cool. Yeah. So which did you have first, a tower reading or an Oracle reading? 
Tarot. Yeah. Did it scare you or did it enlighten you? No, I approach it all with curiosity and excitement. So, yeah, I was one of those that got scared in high school. I didn't know what I was doing. The death card shows up like, oh, no. (laughs) Right. And so I did. I kind of put him down and picked him up and put him down until I really started learning. It's like, okay, the death card is nothing to be afraid of. Right. Right. But I think sometimes that can happen, you know, and and, you know, I think sometimes people have like miss, you know, like it's woo or it's going to take my power away, you know, stuff like that. I read cards every once in a while pop up at this amazing shop here in uh, Birmingham called Ritual and Shelter. And sometimes you hear that like, oh, Terry's reading today. Like, oh, I don't want my power. No, you know, it's like because I think it's the education and people don't realize like it really is like a therapy within your own spirit. Right. So it is very empowering. And I think sometimes we can uncover cards that we may not want to look at. But I think that's where the growth is. Yeah, that <laughs> totally is. And if a person is open to it, then we're doing our job. We are doing our job for sure. Yeah, we can't dilute the messages that are received. And that's also why there are some cards in the empaths oracle that could be considered a little darker. You know, it's like we got to do that shadow work. And, you know, I have a book called Shadow Magic Compendium. And the uh, 15th anniversary expanded revised edition is in the process of being printed by Chicago's Crossed Crow Press. Hmm. I'm really excited for that. Then I'll do a book tour in September. And so I do incorporate an encouragement of shadow work in some of those cards because we got got to look within, see what's going on and find our footing so we can look at ourselves and our experiences uh, with the most accuracy possible. Yeah. And compassion too. And I did notice that we were talking about it and I do find it's important. You know, we can't just stuff it down. We really have to look at some of those harder issues. That's where growth comes from. Yeah, it really does. And it can be scary, but we're more than capable. And I do give uh, suggestions quite a few times in the book for in different cards. I say, you know, if therapy is something that you're feeling drawn toward or that could be helpful by all means there's no shame in that i have a therapist my therapist has a therapist you know we're all here to help each other in different ways and there are so many different techniques of doing that yeah and everybody has their own special skills and abilities and approaches to their healing natural healing abilities and their ability to help heal themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. I really do. I totally agree. And I just, I I just find it so important that we take the time to sit still, ask the questions and ask it from a different perspective, you know, and, and look at it differently. Cause if we always just look at the logical mind, we're not really going to get there. And that's where the beauty of the art and the colors and the images they inspire. That's where some of that deeper healing can, I think be a little more gentle too, like let you have it from a different perspective instead of like, you know, sometimes traditional therapy, whatever. Yes, we all need our therapists, but that can be a little bit more like the same way in the criticism and the judgment. And I think when we work in the healing arts and the modalities, it really does take away the judgment, right? I mean, this is just who we are. We show up with our soul energy and we do our work and that's how we learn lessons. And I think that's really important. I agree. And especially as empathic people, we really need to discern when, where, and around who we should be vulnerable with. 
where and around who we should be vulnerable with. Yes. I like that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who are you hanging out with? You're angry all the time. Mm -hmm. Check it out. We were just talking about that in a Reiki class I was doing. Like, you know, if you find yourself angry, like notice who you're hanging out with. So I agree. I think it's important that we look at all of our emotions and not stuff them. And, you know, we've come off of a hard two years and there's been a lot that's been stuffed down. And now there's a lot of energy coming out there and we need the healing. We really do. And we need the work. And I'm a big supporter of the healing arts. I really feel this is an area that can really help to heal in so many ways. Yeah. What are your hopes for the cards? I just hope to reach as many people as possible and encourage folks to uh, find their best method of healing and to help them increase self-awareness. Because at the end of the day, we're all responsible for ourselves and our own actions and how we learn, how we grow. So I hope the cards inspire people towards self-empowerment in a very genuine way and not in a, not in a false empowerment kind of way and definitely not in the way of uh, power or control, but rather, you know, control over the self and self-awareness. And, and that, that's what really opens us to the universe and makes us, makes us more in the flow of the natural Tao of reality. And so I think that the art, especially that accompanies the cards are appropriate because they're so abstract and and ethereal and uh, mystical. And that can help us remember that there's more than meets the eye going on more than meets the eye for sure yes it's all that stuff we don't see and i think that's kind of where we need to change it too so many people are stuck on only what they can see but there's so much more out there there really is yeah so tell us a little bit about like how you work do you work just with reading cards do you do counseling coaching do you do energy modalities how do you work pretty much just with the cards and then the cards reading tarot that that is a form of, you know, coaching and counseling itself. So, so that's spiritual counseling. Sometimes I'll do spiritual counseling for people without cards or advice for spells or ways that people can look at things from a different perspective. Um, you know, I sometimes help lead meditations for people. That's another service. Is that a bird? Is that your bird? Oh yes. The Hawaii birds. Yeah. Okay. Hawaii birds are with uh, us, you guys. I'm like, just make sure it's not a something wrong with the recording. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Hawaii birds. Yeah. So you were saying like some of the messages then is the healing and how they can then right. go forward. Yeah. Yeah. So tarot is my preferred modality of assisting. Mm-hmm. So which tarot deck do you use? I only use the Toth deck. Okay. By Alistair Crowley and Lady Frida Harris. Mm-hmm. And that's the only deck I'll ever use. It's just number one for me. And we work great together. (laughs) Yeah. I think I used it early on and I was doing a lot of learning and training. I started training at the Edgar Casey in New York city, and then I had other different teachers. So yeah, but anyway, I found my way really using the right away the most. Mm -hmm. I used mother peace for a while. And then I switched, hadn't switched in a long time to the wild unknown. And I use that one for a long time. I love Kim's work. She's really her work. I, I still think that's my favorite of all that she's done because she has several now. But the Wild Unknown Tarot is really great until I made my own. And now I'm really just kind of working on my own. Yeah. But I have thought about adding in an Oracle card at the end or something, just giving a little extra flair when I feel like maybe there is a little more that people 
are looking for. Yeah. Right. Can you tell me more about your tarot deck? I love my tarot deck. So I have a program called the Empowered Spirit Program. And so I take the way in which I teach. I use Reiki. I call it the rights. Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. And so throughout the deck, is I actually kind of like you have next steps. I kind of offer, you know, especially like when you get to the air. I use fire, air, earth, and water. Because I also have jewelry and I've always used fire, earth, and water. I work with the medicine wheel. So instead of doing the typical or the traditional suits, I changed to fire, earth, and water. And then I also do family generations, the mother, father, daughter, son, mm. which has been pretty fascinating how it comes in is either influences or there's something in that family energy, right? Or yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I also had an artist, Lori Hanna, give her a shout out. Beautiful. She was one of my students and we just happened to be talking one day and she had never had any experience with the tarot and she was looking for like a creative project, spiritual. And so here it was the winner. And I just started writing and writing the deck the way in which I saw it. And that's pretty much how it came about. I've really only done a Kickstarter. So I'm really looking for that next step with them and wrote a book to go with it and a workshop book to go with it as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Journey of the Empowered Spirit. That's what it is all about. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So what was the hardest part about creating the deck? Well, I would say the hardest part was the editorial process of after I submitted the manuscript, the publisher said, no, let's, let's put it in this format like you see now in the book where, you know, suggestions for action, uh, analysis of the card, takeaway meanings. And so I really had to deconstruct each uh, large piece for each card that I had written and, and really break it down to its components. So I found that edit to be the most difficult process. But in the end, it was well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. The books are small. So being concise. Yeah. Mine's even a little smaller book that comes with it. So I hear you on that. Yeah, for sure. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was just how everything synchronized and just aligned. And then you just know that you're in the flow when it happens like that. It's just incredible. There were no hangups or hitches or negativity. Everything went perfectly. And I'll tell you something funny, too, at the time of this recording, uh, which is a Monday, myself and the artist, we still don't have our copies of the, of the deck. We've never held our own deck yet. <laughs> That's incredible because I've held it before I, uh, you. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, they're beautiful here. See, <laughs> they really are. Well, I was going to say pull a card for us, but I guess we'll wait on that. Yeah, for sure. They, they shipped at Turtle Express over to Hawaii. And, and of course, uh, Constantine lives in Germany. So tomorrow, I'll get my books or index. And it happens to be Mercury Retrograde. There you go. Of course. Well, I will speak for you and just say that they're beautiful. 22, examining self-identity. There's the first one, establishing emotional boundaries, shielding, protecting, and grounding. They're so beautiful. I love this one, too. Sitting with sorrow. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So there are many ways to look at that empathic energy and where you fit in and how your own ability to really, I would say, even process your own energy, especially as an empath, right? We go through that in the book. I really love that idea. Yeah. So where's the best place to find them? Well, uh, people can order signed copies from me at my website, ravendigitalis.com. And that's raven like the bird and digitalis like the foxglove plant. 
Uh, yeah, and I can be emailed at ravendigitalis at gmail.com. And then I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. And then people can order through Llewellyn.com, yeah. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, of course, I also like to suggest that people go to their local booksellers and metaphysical shops and request that they order in the deck if they don't already have it. Yeah, I love yeah. that too, for sure. That's way. Yeah, and Amazon just sold out yeah. of it, actually, which I was, I'm like, what? Amazon sold out of the cards already? And so they're ordering Congratulations on that. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's not even been a week. Good sign. <laughs> Good sign. And again, yeah. I mean, I think more and more people are starting to wake up to, you know, having the idea of what is an empath? Where can I really know myself more? So I think it's very timely. So I think that's great. Definitely. So as we go to close the show, I always like to come back and ask this question. How do you feel that this work that you're doing through exploring the empath's energy with the oracles can help to empower the spirit. I think everybody has an empowered spirit waiting to emerge and come through. And with the help of others and with the help of tools like oracle cards, and in this case, the empath's oracle, I think the empowered spirit can more easily come through and be accessed through those types of practices, through self-awareness, exercises and my mission is really to help others in their life to become empowered and really connect spiritually to themselves the universe and do that in an authentic way because we are each so unique and so needed in the world we are each unique and so needed in the world yes yes well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited about your deck and I can't wait for my listeners to hear this and get a deck as well. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I sure appreciate it. Yeah. Aloha. Mahalo to your spirit. Namaste. Mahalo, namaste. Yes, there is more around us than meets the eye. Everyone has an empowered spirit that wants to come through. Self-care leads to self-awareness, which can help you to find your unique spirit that is so needed in the world right now. Reach out to Raven for his cards and his books and get a reading as well. And reach out to me to help you upgrade your spiritual path. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terri Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Namaste.